Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons. Today we are covering Gem Dragons. Hey Brian. Hey Will. How you doing today? I'm, I, dude, I made it here. Yeah, I know you <laughs> did. You made it here. We're doing it. The show's happening. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I almost didn't. I know. Even, I know. It's yeah, been, it's been a struggle. It's rough. But we are endeavoring to not miss a single week of the show. Absolutely we know not. You guys rely on us, and uh, we appreciate you. We're doing it for y'all uh, as a contribution to this D- Dungeons Dragons community that we love. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Indeed. And without further ado, let's get into it. I think um, we should. So it may be Year of the Beholder here on the Dungeon Cast, but this game is called Dungeons and Motherfucking Dragons, Brian. Mm, and the new is. book has come out with nothing but the juiciest, zestiest dragon lore. Fizzban! And, and I love it. <laughs> it's called Fizzban's Treasury of Dragons, and you should love it too. Um, now this book has a ton of new stuff, player options including subclasses and races, new feats, and scores of new monsters, all dragon related. Uh, but today we're focusing on a long-awaited topic. Gem dragons. Nice, yeah. We've been getting so many requests over <laughs> over the years of doing the show. Exactly. And there there's a stat block out there for a gem dragon, right? A sapphire dragon or something like that. Oh, before this book? Yes. Um, not sure because I was staying away from it until I knew there was like a lot. Pretty of sure it's stuff. a sapphire dragon. Right, now they, like, now we yeah. got them all. Yeah. Now we got them. So as Brian was just saying, I have been receiving requests for gem dragon episodes for years now, but I wanted personally to cover them. Uh, when I felt it was, we had more on them in 5e because we just had stuff from all the previous editions. Yeah. So I'm glad we waited because uh, the new content is here. And now, without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. I like this. Indeed. So we have covered extensively both the evil chromatic dragons born of Tiamat and the good metallic dragons born of Bahamut. 
standing in opposition of each other and attempting to spread their influence of their patron uh, deity and their own beliefs across the plains. But there is a third major category of true dragons that are equal in power and prowess to their metallic and chromatic cousins. Gem dragons. Nice. Typically neutral in alignment, these dragons divorce themselves from the conflict between good and evil completely. Gem dragons tend to be aloof, solitary, and a lot of source books say self-centered. But I think self-interested is a bit more appropriate. Uh, other major differences are their breath weapons, which are of the more esoteric elements of thunder, necrotic, force, um, psychic, etc. Okay. And their inherent and powerful psionic abilities. Yeah, these guys are all about their psychic powers. They're pretty much filling in the void of what dragons don't cover. Yeah, basically. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yes, absolutely. Maybe with the exception of like a Draco Lich. Is, are we, those are still categorized as like dragons. Yeah. Technically, they're actually categorized as undead. Okay, yeah. Uh, so they, they, they have forsook their dragon heritage because... Uh, that's right. They give up the piece of like their like... Uh, their yeah. arrogance. Yeah, their pride, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So, Finally, I will say the usual disclaimer of the fact that lore and origins have changed over the editions, and with Gem Dragons coming to the newest edition, there have been some more changes to their story. We will be going over both the older editions and 5e lore to get a complete picture of Gem Dragons. Nice. Like Draconomicon stuff? Yeah, Draconomicon stuff, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just the nature of um, a, lot of, a lot of the old stuff that hasn't made it here yet. Um, they they really want to do some changes to it to I guess I guess like ease the 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 transfer over to the new Forgotten Realms and all that. Yeah, it, they're stuff. slowly getting all of it here, huh? Yeah, like they are one book at a time. I would say like we are probably and when it comes to like the the editions life cycle, I feel like we're about like two thirds through. We're like if if fifth edition was a living human being, we would be entering. The mid-40s. Ah, yes. Time to buy a convertible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Time to get a dragon book and some face shit yes, going. Yes, exactly. Rabbit people? Got them now. Let's go. That's true. So gem dragons are majestic and powerful dragons with crystalline scales that match the gemstone the dragons are named for. Of which there are five types. Amethyst, emerald, sapphire, crystal, and topaz. Um, there are also a few outlier gem named dragons that don't necessarily fall into the category of gem dragons, which we will briefly cover as well. The neutral dragons are notably reclusive creatures dwelling in out-of-the-way places. Uh, most gem dragons live in the inner or outer planes, and the ones that dwell in the material plane make their homes in far-flung uninhabited regions, and in most cases are not too rece receptive to unexpected visitors. Okay. Maybe that's our excuse for not uh, finding them yet. We just found these guys. Oh, man. <laughs> They're way uh, out here. Adventurers finally got over that one mountain. You know the one. <laughs> you know it was the, fucked up. You know the one. We forgot about it because this is the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> Stupid. Um, more so than their metallic or chromatic cousins, gem dragons are a subcategory of dragons defined by their cognitive abilities and prowess more so than their physical might or majesty. All are psionically powerful, although to most observers, their psychic talents are indistinguishable from sorcery. Ooh. They spend their lives honing their psionics in different ways, as well as cultivating their mental prowess, knowledge, and intellect. Though not all gem types share all of these qualities, gem dragons are noted for their insatiable curiosity, their fascination with the nature of reality, their intense inquisitiveness, and their individual obsessions. It is due to this, along with the reasons tied to their new 5th edition or origin that gem dragons are usually the most likely among dragonkind to develop the power of dragon sight. Dragon sight? We're going to get into that, I'm sure. Yes. Occasionally, where we're going to get into it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Occasionally, dragons develop a sense known as dragon sight. 
an awareness of multiple incarnations of themselves across different worlds of the material plane. Dragons who develop Dragon Sight amass knowledge that spans the material plane, making them among the foremost experts on worlds beyond their own. With time, Dragon Sight can expand beyond passive awareness to allow active communication between a dragon's incarnations. Some ancient dragons with well-developed Dragon Sight begin to weave grand plans that involve coordinating activities across multiple worlds, culminating in cosmos-shaking events. Wow. The gem dragons in particular have a species-wide fascination with their parallel dimension incarnations, which we will get into later. This is a, there's a lot going on here. I have a couple questions. Welcome to the multiverse. I know. Fuck. <laughs> <They're try> <laughs> what, what questions you got? I will pull from this universe to make the plans happen in, in another this universe, so and, that yeah. the dominoes fall and I get more treasure. Probably. Yeah, it's always about more treasure. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, now, does being psychic in this game imply that you're more smart-like? Because all dragons are smart. Well, not every... All dragons have intelligence. Most dragons are, are very smart. And Most dragons are very smart. You're a right. majority of dragons are genius level intelligence, right? Yes. At the adult level or higher, they're a genius level intellect usually. Yeah. Unless they're a white dragon or... I'm trying to think, what are some of the other dumber dragons? Well, the white dragons are the dumb ones. That's racist. <laughs> get, get your dragons while they're young. Get them while they're young. You can get maybe like not as expensive gear so back, off of them. So, so back to your question... Um, I don't. You don't need to be inherently intelligent to be psionic, but there is a correlation where yeah. psionic creatures tend to be very mentally developed. What was my rogue? The psionic rogue. Um, the soul the knife. Soul knife. Yeah. That one was tied to intelligence, right? Yeah. I think it's just it's common. It's it's. Yeah, because it's a brain. It's power. a brain thing. So your brain's so strong. It's okay. Like a muscle. So these dragons aren't, but these dragons aren't necessarily smarter than the other dragons, right? They just well, have brain power beyond. They, they are a little bit smarter oh, because okay. it's kind of what they do. It's not because they're naturally smarter, but they are naturally inclined to, like, pursuing intellectual interests jives with them more naturally than other yeah. dragons. Like, okay. Sure, there are other... Obviously, there's, like, scholar gold dragons and scholar mm -hmm. uh, blue dragons and stuff like that. But, like, the uh, the percentage of the population of gem dragons that are spending their time doing scholarly things is way higher. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, per, per sample yeah. size, so, you're going to get some bookie types yeah, here. Maybe it's cultural. Maybe it's... Well, you're going to see a lot of reasons why as we, as we keep talking. Yeah, nice. So... Despite their previously noted reclusiveness, gem dragons are famed for their suave charisma and masterfully manipulative communication techniques. Mm. They delight in riddling talk and seek to entrap the creatures they encounter by charming them with their words. Though they tend to be of neutral alignment with respect to good and evil, many gem dragons are quite egotistical and absolutely awful company, nevertheless. Okay, this is reminding me of, like, the brass and copper. Yeah, remember that they're, well, at least brass and copper tend to be good. Like, these guys yeah. may not be evil, but they're not nice either. They're omega. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, indeed. So let us not forget, though, that despite their natural high-mindedness and social acuity, gem dragons are still dragons through and through. And like all dragons, gem dragons are incredibly covetous and love to hoard. Nice. They hoard wealth, collecting mounds of coins, being named after precious and semi-precious stones. They are especially fond of gems and jewelry, gathering as many as possible. Those with large hordes have a tendency to become paranoid and even more reclusive than they already are, venturing out of their lairs only to patrol the immediate area or to get food. Um, and there is never enough treasure. It's pleasing to look at, and they bask in its radiance. They like to make beds of their hordes, shaping nooks and mounds to fit their bodies. By the time a gem dragon matures to a great worm stage, hundreds of gems and coins are embedded into its hide. They're also getting so nasty in their coins. 
and they're it's gems. So true. Can you imagine that dragons one of the, are gross? Like they're awesome, but they're also a little gross. Like one of these like sapphire dragons is like, look at all the emeralds I have. Aren't you jealous? And they're like, oh, give me all the emeralds. Yeah, I'll give you all my sapphires. Yeah. Like, you don't have enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so before we get into the specifics of the five major gem dragons, it's time we talk about their deity. Ooh, okay, different deity mm-hmm. or the same deity maybe. Oh, you'll see. While the metallic dragons view Bahamut as their lord and father, and chromatic dragons view Tiamat as their mother and queen, jam dragons follow the first of their own kind, oh, no. Sardior. Third. Sardior, the ruby dragon. Sardior it has two different origins, 5e and everything before 5e. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. Yep. <laughs> um, this ain't your first episode. And both are cool in their own ways, and we will talk about both. But let us start at the beginning and work our way forward to the new origin. By the way, if this is your first episode, thank you. Thank and you. And we talk about all the additions here. Yes, we do. And it's very often the case that, like, the divide in the lore will be 5e, and then, of course, everything before 5e. And uh, more often than not, it's 5e, 4e, and then everything that happened before true. that. Yes, exactly. That's very <laughs> true. So back to Sardiar. So... Many have heard the tales of legendary dragons such as Tiamat and Bahamut, but few have heard of Sardior. Also known as the master of the gem dragons and the prince of neutral dragons, Sardior is a unique ruby dragon. He dwells in a magical castle that roams the night sky high up in the atmosphere. He keeps his castle moving so that it is always in Earth's shadow. Often when Sardior's castle is sighted, sages think they are seeing a reddish star making unusual conjunctions with other stars in the night sky. This is cool. We don't normally refer to like the the material the plane actual, as Earth. Yeah, as the actual, like, planet. A spherical, yes. like, w- that casts a shadow. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 okay. So I will say this. Um, most, if not, I would say 90% of all Sardior lore comes from 1st and 2nd edition. So back then, they did do kind of odd things like that. Because, like, it's, like you said, it's not what we normally do. and But that didn't become the norm until later on. Yeah, don't they explain the planes as, like, kind of, like, more, like, the planes have been Kind of, but the planes have been explained in about five different ways since first. Uh, yeah, so, it's basically whatever you need it to it's be. It's whatever you need it to be. Yeah. So Sardior is worshipped by neutral dragons, scions, and psychic warriors. Even though he is the master of gem dragons, in reality, he does not require much from them, and he does not try to guide their decisions. The gem dragons, in return, look upon him as the ideal and strive to be more like him. Sardior just wants to learn more. The more you know, the better off you will be. But just learning for learning's sake is not what Sardior stresses. Gaining knowledge should not just be reading from books. The trick for Sardior, as he says it, is to get someone else to read the book to you, then tell him all about it. Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I am Sardior. (laughs) <laughs> um, he also has a fondness for gems of all kinds, especially rubies. I mean, that's pretty, you know, standard. <laughs> that tracks. tracks. What is he, like a ruby god or whatever? <laughs> yeah. In his natural form, Sardier is a long, sinewy dragon covered with deep red ruby scales. At a distance, he might be mistaken for an ancient red worm, but the playful expression seen in his eyes makes him very much unlike the reds. He is also known to be a great conversationalist, and the unguarded had best be prepared for his sharp wit. He just sounds like... Like, these all sound too brilliant to even look at. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. even more shiny than the metals. Like, right. It's yes, like, oh, absolutely. when the sun hits the silver, you're going to get fucked up. Like, yeah. these guys just sparkle, like, nonstop. Yeah, they're always sparkling. It's wow. true. Sardior keeps a court of five thanes, one of each of the various breeds of gem dragons. Their names are... God, these names. The, their names are... Alithilithos. Alithilios. Alithilithos. Alithilithos. Crotal, the crystal dragon, Smargod, the emerald dragon, Charisma, the sapphire Straight dragon. Straight up. I know. And Tithonas, the topaz dragon. 
Sardiar once had a sixth Thane, Ceridus, a female obsidian dragon, but he destroyed her and banished the obsidian dragon from his court. <laughs> okay. <laughs> None know the cause of this banishment. Even his own clergy argue the reason behind this decision. Burn the records. <laughs> Speak of this not, lest ye be eaten and shit into a new gem I put in my hoard. <laughs> no way. That's ruthless. It is fucking ruthless. Oh, man. What did that, what'd they do? That's a great question. That's well, a great question. Okay. So Fizban's offers, offers a very different alternative to this previous lore with the introduction of an ancient poem known as the Elegy for the First World. Oh, cool. So, That's really cool. Yes. This ancient draconic writing depicts a different telling of the birth of the material plane, one where the primordial twin dragons, Bahamut and Tiamat, existed first and created the first material plane known as the First World. This poem also differs from nearly all other legends in its mention of Sardior, firstborn of dragonkind. The poem suggests that Bahamut and Tiamat created Sardior together as their child and that Ruby Red Sardior then joined with Bahamut to craft the metallic dragons and with Tiamat to craft the chromatic dragons. Some dragons who have studied the poem believe that Sardior was destroyed and shattered along with the first world and that the Ruby Dragon's splintered consciousness became the gem dragons on the new worlds of the material plane. Gem dragons, perhaps because of their connection to Sardior, are most likely to develop dragon sight. Whoa. Because they are connected inherently to all their various incarnations, if you will. I watched some of the interviews with the writers of yeah. the book, and they were talking about, like, yeah, we kind of yeah. changed the origin story of some yeah, of this, this stuff is, a little bit. So a lot of times, I can be back or forth on, like, when they change this stuff. Sometimes I'm like, ah, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Other times I'm like, oof, no, I'm not a fan of that. This, I'm like, okay, this is really fucking cool. And, like, the lore that was before was kind of just, like, Whatever. It was not not that it was bad, but it also wasn't noteworthy. Yeah, it wasn't like tied down super hard yeah, either. Like, there was just not nothing, that this does that. Like but. besides what Sardier did to the Obsidian Dragons, <laughs> which is inherently ruthless and riddled in mystery, nothing else about him was all that interesting to me personally. Okay. This is way more interesting. Yeah, I think this is great. Um and then I, I know they were emphasizing like the connection of dragons to the material plane in this book. Right. So that's, this is cool, like an origin like yeah. sort of story to I, add on. I agree. And let us take a short rest. Mm. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Case. And this is Will Stark. Will, could you imagine if we had our own podcast? Dude, could you imagine? What if the Loch Ness Monster was real? Do you think they would open, like, essentially a quote-unquote Jurassic Park for this? Oh, no, like, no. They're not going to let anyone something? look at it. What if your house was haunted? Mm-hmm. Let's say it was a woman. She wants companionship. No. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I'm, not, I'm not talking oh, about, like, love okay. or sex or anything. Okay, cool. You know, I, I was going to bring this up, but I knew you were going to say no, so. What if someone close to you was a werewolf? Set up a camera. Yeah. It would still be a full moon, so she would turn into a wolf monster. Go out tonight, probably kill some people. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing I can do about that. The best in what-if entertainment. Just search Dude Could You Imagine anywhere podcasts can be found. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. We've returned. Indeed we have. Dragons. We're back. <laughs> Indeed. Damn. So, so it's been a while since we talked about dragons. Though. I know, I know. Um, ever since the year of the dragon ended, we've really toned it down. But, you know, it, we're going to probably ramp it back up for a while now because there's a lot of new dragons. Feast ban! <laughs> and all of his dragons or whatever. I still have yet to, like, crack the cover of that one. Yeah. I'm reading something else. But oh, it's a great book. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I like the beginning of Tasha's, too. So I was thinking yeah. Fizban probably have some lore about Fizban in it. Yeah, you don't know who Fizban is and all that stuff. I mean, do you? kind of. Okay, he, interesting. He does magic, right? He likes dragons. I don't fucking know. Is he <laughs> yeah, like? Yeah. Is he more like Volo? Um. So Fizban, I, I get, we can get into it here. Um, I don't see why it would be spoilers, but Fizban is spoilers for the new Dungeons Dragons book that everyone is reading. Yeah, I know, right? So in um in Dragonlance, mm-hmm. the, the the old campaign setting, setting yeah. Um, the two major deities are Takesis and Paladine, who are um, a multiverse incarnations of Bahamut and Tiamat. Right. We've Pal- covered that. Yeah, yeah. Paladine is an incarnation of Bahamut, mm-hmm. and he is basically the ultimate god of good in this world. And he cares not just for dragons, but for all you know, living, thinking things on the world of Kren. Um, and when he is interacting with humans, he takes the form of Fizban the Wizard. A lot oh, of okay, nice. Who basically he 
kind of pretends to be an old codgerly, not all the way there, kind of kooky wizard. Little glint in his eye. A little glint yeah, in I his eye. Yeah, that, he, it comes across. I love his And he, he is responsible for some of the funniest moments in fantasy literature, in my opinion. I love everything he's in. Um, That's if, right. You're yeah, read anyone, a lot of yeah, Anyone who wants good Fizban lore or go, good Fizban scenes, just go read Dragons of Autumn Twilight, uh, which is the first of a trilogy uh, set in the Dragonlance world. But anyways, let's get back to gem dragons. Nice. Okay. So Thanks it's now that. time for a brief overview of the five major gem dragons. And if we have time, maybe we will touch on obsidian and moonstone dragons as well. Mysterious obsidian dragons. We shall see. <laughs> Let us begin with the mightiest of gem dragon kind, amethyst dragons. Amethyst dragons are the mightiest of gem dragons and are honorable regal creatures. They inhabit the mountains, living on the shores of isolated lakes and pools at higher altitudes. Mm-hmm. At birth, these dragons have lavender skin with fine, translucent purple scales. These scales darken as the creature grows older, eventually reaching a sparkling lavender color. Nice. That's really cool. Pleasing pleasing aesthetic. Absolutely. These creatures approach life with a detached air, ignoring the conflicts of good and evil, law, and chaos. At best, they see these conflicts as petty squabbles over inconsequential points of view and not worthy of their time or consideration. They instead spend their time studying and sonically manipulating the fundamental principles of the multiverse. Okay. <laughs> From the force of gravity to emanations of the outer planes. Their innate psionics give them a measure of control over how physical laws affect them. They defy gravity with flight that does not rely solely upon their great wings. Okay. And gravitational force empowers both their devastating breath weapon, and the exploding amethyst crystals that they spit at their foes. The flying thing makes a lot of sense because you're essentially a giant rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. it's got to be something else there. Even a lot of the artwork that um, is depicted, like a lot of their spines or their wings aren't even attached to their bodies. They're like psionically floating a little bit separated. Was there something like this with metal mm-hmm. dragons, metallic no, dragons, where they know, no. fly with magic? Because I always kind of pictured like the heavier dragons, like their scales opening up and like jet jetting. A well, little bit. Mo- most of the me- metallic dragons, like in most depictions of them, there's no metal involved. That's true. They're, they're just, just colored like they're that. They're just colored like that. Yeah. But these guys are sound like they have actual rocks on them. They certainly look like it in a yeah, lot of the art. But it, maybe not. But right? maybe not. It yeah. just depends. Whatever you want. It's your world. It's magic. Magic. These majestic dragons consider themselves to be the leaders of gem dragons, and most of the lesser gem dragons acquiesce to this leadership. Um, they breathe, as I said before, gravitational force. Cool. Um, remember that each of these dragon types is going to get their own episode, so this is just a brief overview of each of them. We still have four more to get through. Oh, yeah, uh, like a half year of the dragon. Yeah, something like that. They're <laughs> lined up for next year. So Okay. Crystal dragons. Uh, shimmering with radiant energy and brimming with life, crystal dragons enjoy an innate psionic connection to the positive plane that it suffuses their bodies as well as their personalities with light. Though they prefer to live in desolate, frigid regions, many of them are among the friendliest of dragonkind, nurturing and optimistic. Cool, cool. When they hatch, crystal dragons have dull gray scales with a few white or clear crystalline points allowing the wormlings to blend into the rocky terrain in the face of danger. As they age, though, their scales turn snow white, then slowly fade to transparency, oh. which makes me wonder, can you see their insides? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so it's just the scales, so it's like a dog when they get all their fur cut off. I guess, <laughs> I guess so, yeah, sure. Well, they probably look all skinny, you know, like you're yeah, not used to seeing yeah. them like that. That's, yeah, that's I'm sure they're muscular creatures, but like so dogs are muscular so are creatures. are you saying that there's skin underneath the scales? Is that how scales work? I don't know if that's Well, they're pro- the scales work. are probably like embedded into something. 
So like a chicken feather? You are correct. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're absolutely skin. right. Yeah, okay, okay, you sold me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest crystal dragons have scales of perfect clarity that bend and refract light, sometimes making them difficult to see clearly. Okay, well uh, there, that's what I was saying yeah. earlier about yeah. these these mother truckers being like super extra mm. double shiny. Indeed, indeed. Uh, the friendliest of gem dragons, crystal dragons, spend much of their time trying to learn about the world around them. They value friendship over all else, and the treasures t- and the treasures their treasures tend to be sentimental rather than valuable. Mm. They welcome visitors who come to them with good intentions. So, like, even though these guys fall under neutral, they're, I mean, I think it could be said that they're good. You walk, Another dragon walks into this horde is like, well, one man's trash. <laughs> it's another one. Yeah. <laughs> Fun-loving and mischievous, crystal dragons tend to be irresponsible rulers. Oh, no. For the daily running of their domains, these dragons rely on their vassals to keep things going. They establish domains in the cold, open north reaches, uh, building castles out of snow and ice. They leave these castles open to the sky, and they love to watch the stars on on clear, cold nights. Uh, They breathe radiant light. So essentially what I get from these guys is they're really, really nice. They're terrible rulers. They will let everything fall under. So maybe they're they're back to neutral now. They're out there. They're They're not doing the right thing and like... Making things harder on themselves to be good rulers. They're just they yeah, should they they're should be like helping with like laws and like a, a exactly. allocation of funds. They're thinking about the fucking universe or exactly. whatever. Exactly. They're looking at this. The stars are pretty tonight. That's good. Yeah. So I wonder how I wonder how the elderly are doing without <laughs> any fucking social security. No, they <laughs> they don't think about that, Brian. That's the problem. Oh no, they do for a second. They're like, but the stars though. Yeah, but the stars though. <laughs> okay, so. Emerald dragons are the most curious, cunning, and manipulative of the gem dragons, wielding psionic power to weave illusions to deceive and disorient. They cloak their own presence so they can observe other creatures without being discovered as they collect information on everything from local culture, cultural practices to supernatural occurrences. So these are like the super brainiacs. They want to know about all of it all the time, and they don't want anyone to bug them so they're invisible the entire time. They're fucking, uh, have you seen that show, Ghost Hunters? Like uh, with, with yeah. Zach? The butt, oh, like he wears. I'm the, not that familiar with the show. I think his name is Zach, uh-huh. but he's like a macho bro guy. I mean, they're always fucking with the ghosts. Okay, they're like, come out here and scratch me, ghost. If you're here, come on, do well, it. Well, that's the opposite. What are you what a coward? No, aren't they like looking for ghosts? No, they're well. Yeah, they are, but like, they're, oh, but they're being cool about they're it. They're being super hidden about it. They're chill. Yeah, they're like, they just want to know. They just want to know about everything and anything. They're like ghost hunters. The show with Zach, but cool, but cool. Because that guy's not cool. <laughs> Emerald dragons live amongst uh, tropical islands. They are a curious species taken to keeping track of history, lore, and customs. They tend to be very reclusive, suspicious that others covet their treasure hoards and territory. A desire for privacy runs through the Emerald clans, going so far as to determine where the dragon lords and their spawn established layers. The Emerald dragons have been known to build their domains around the act around active volcano ranges and other dangerous terrain in tropical areas that can deter would-be trespassers. Mm-hmm. Uh, tracks. Indeed. They breathe psionic dis- psychic dissonance. <laughs> okay. They They're just like bad <laughs> vibes, basically. The worst vibes. <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> My mind. My frontal lobe. So next up is, uh, and by the way, I think Emerald Dragons yeah, are. Be really careful. Your drink is like not all the oh, way on the coast. You're super correct about that. <laughs> um, by the way, I would say Emerald Dragons are. Um, a pretty close analog to green dragons. They have a lot of similarities where green dragons are like the most cunning and mm. intelligent and magic using of chromatic dragon kind, but they use their intelligence stuff like politically and for ambition. These have a very similar like intellect level, but they use it for their own private studies and they want everyone to leave them alone. Yeah, okay. 
That's good. Yeah. So next is Sapphire Dragons. Of all dragon kind, perhaps the Sapphire Dragon clans are the most militaristic. The thunderous clash of conflict is part of the very nature of Sapphire Dragons. Militant and territorial, they defend their lairs fiercely, ambushing intruders and plotting assaults against their rivals. They fervently protect their territory from outsiders, going so far as to distrust anyone who even gets close to their borders. Wow. They work to keep their vassals in peak fighting conditions at all times. Now, uh, vassals, can you, can you, it's come up a couple times, mm-hmm. I've been meaning yeah. to ask, what did that, what's a vassal? What did a vassal? It's like a, I get the context <laughs> yeah. here, but like, okay. what is that specifically? Is it like a dragon, so, like another dragon? It could be, but more, more likely than not, it's going to be whatever peoples live in the region. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, almost like um, they're subjugates? Yeah, so, I mean, these guys do tend to be reclusive, so it could be, like, kobolds. It could be, like, a dragonborn society. Just whoever's um, around. Yeah, who, yeah, whoever's <laughs> around. Like, this is your ruler now. It's a fucking dragon. Like, it's just how it works. <laughs> like, um, well, I put my desk over there. I would, they, don't, they wouldn't say something like, I hope that's cool. They're just doing it, yes. and it is cool. Yes. And it better, it better be fucking cool, right? Absolutely. It's cool, right, guys? No. <laughs> Again, now this seems like a very good analog towards blue dragons, yeah. which are maybe not quite as militaristic, but they are about um, like super physical, territorial, physical, right? Very territorial, but about physical strength, about uh, tactics, and like it, the, there's more to the fight than the actual just physical strength. Yeah, right? the might makes right is the, strong yeah, within them, and and they're very um, organized. They're very lawful evil. There's a strict hierarchy in blue dragon society. They shoot and lightning. It would be very interesting to play in a campaign where. There are two regions of Sapphire and Blue Dragons at war. That's cool. Thunder breath from the Sapphire Dragons and lightning breath from the Blue Dragons and just, you know. And they're talking shit. Yeah. Well, your breath is just sound. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What about it? (laughs) Roar. (laughs) So Sapphire Dragons tend to control subterranean domains. Uh, as most of the territory that interests Sapphire clans is below the ground, they rarely come into conflict with other dragon clans unless they attempt to take caverns currently in use. So that just basically negates what I just said. They're playing <laughs> regional chess. Indeed. Sapphire dragon scales and wing membranes show varied shades of blue, ranging from the light tones of a spring sky to rich crystalline azure of sapphire gems and compressed glacial ice. That's I, I like that look. Like That's really cool. Ice, yeah. In the light, the scales glitter and shine like luminous starbursts. The dragon's psionic nature is evident in the horn and bone structures of their bodies. Their tail barbs and horn tips are all separate pieces, but they float in place, held off by psychic oh, energy. so fucking cool. I know, while the dragons live. These levitating horns and spines shift slightly with the dragon's moods, bobbing in amusement or flaring with anger. That's a lot like the Death Tyrant, huh? It's got the floating orbs around it. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yeah. We just happened to have just covered that. And we did last episode. They might not or know. Episode before two, last episode. Two episodes ago. Indeed. Uh, Sapphire dragons breathe pulsing thunder. Dope. Uh, what <laughs> what is pulsing thunder? Is that just like like pulsing sound waves, basically? Yeah, like, basically. Because thunder damages its own. Its yeah, own thun, shit. thunder it's like sound damage, related. But it's like pulsing sound waves. That's exactly. Right. What are they doing? Because you know how like your thumb isn't your fingers. Your or sorry, snapping isn't your finger sliding against your thumb. It's your thumb hitting your palm, right? Right. So like. Is it like their throat like slapping together? <laughs> like their vocal cords slapping super duper hard? Maybe, but uh, again, they are psionic, so like oh, they're okay. probably doing something psionically to create the thunder. I'm psionically making my throat <laughs> my throat string slap so hard. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I slap harder than a stand-up bass, baby. Oh, boom, boom. Man. All right, let's talk about Topaz Dragons. Okay. So Topaz Dragons, um, 
Oh, I, I started this differently. Decay and despair are bound up in the nature of topaz dragons. <laughs> Thanks to the necrotic energy of the negative plane that suffuses them. So, like, they're the opposite of crystal dragons. Okay. Uh, their sonic power manifests the fundamental entropic principle that mortal beings and their creations are ultimately doomed to death and decomposition. Mm. And the dragon's demeanor is typically morbid and curmudgeonly as a result. Well, So, they're damn. negative Nancys. Like, <laughs> they're just like, life is meaningless and everything is... Destroyed and I'm yellow. Yeah. I'm yellow. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. It's <laughs> the like the brightest, most energetic. Co- yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Topaz dragons inhabit uh, the coastal regions and temperate islands, uh, building layers below the waterline, though constructing them so they remain dry. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, don't the brass dragons do that? Uh, bronze dragons. Bronze. Do that, and I always forget about they, them. These two don't like each other, by the Ooh, way. Clannish they're... and self-seeking, these gem dragons usually want little to do with the other inhabitants of their region, <laughs> such as the bronze dragons. You're really copping my horde vibe, man. <laughs> you need to go do something original with your life. Yeah, while topaz dragons enjoy the feel of sea wind and spray on their faceted scale hides, they do not particularly like the water. They swim to hunt, attack, or reach their lairs, but not for enjoyment. They do love to eat fish and other sea creatures and especially tasty giant squids. It's so strange to have like a human civilization that is like farming and stuff and it's storing food. Okay. And then to have these dragons that are like superior creatures just basically still hunter gathering. Yeah, it's because, well think about it, it's because they can. It's because it's not it's so not an inconvenience to them and they are also like Predators. Yeah, the hunt is not a struggle for them then, huh? Yeah, it's, it's just fun. like it's just something I go and do. And like, also like, you know how like kids are full of energy and they just got to get it out. And they like, as an adult, you're like, wow, that looks like a lot of work. I, I'm just going to continue sitting here. Mm. Dragons have that similar like the energy of like they want to hunt, they need to hunt. It feels good to be physical. Okay. Like they're dragons. Like I picture these dragons not wanting to have to like get up away from their studies. I think. Do you I, think they would have a food store? I think some of them would, not topaz dragons though. Okay. I think topaz yeah, they're into that. They're into yeah. that. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, like there's so much about dragons where they are. Um, all the lore kind of points to the fact that they are, in a lot of ways, slaves to their own inhibitions. Like that's true. You know, they like they I need, need to. They need to hoard. I need to bully people. They I need, need to go to find treasure. Yeah. Like, even the good dragons have problems with these things. You know, I haven't I mean? had any new slaves in a while. <laughs> Let me trope it out. Right, absolutely. So, so anyways, while not malicious, topaz dragons are not the best of company or particularly pleasant to deal with. Besides caring little for social graces, they display erratic behavior that is unsettling and very confusing. They dislike visitors, but tend to avoid combat if they can help. Like they, they don't want to deal with you so much. They don't want to fight you either. They're just like, no, I don't want to interact with you in any way, shape, or form. This is a solo dragon. I love these guys. <laughs> uh, if combat is unavoidable, they use tricks and promises to distract their foes before striking with teeth and claws. They breathe necrotic energy. Okay. <laughs> no, I've got an old set of violins. I'll give them to you if you leave. <laughs> <laughs> so little is... Jump. Known. So those are the number one. Those are the five um, true gem dragons. They're the ones that got carried over the fifth edition. There's literally the word Obsidian Dragon. I don't think you can find Fizzbands. Uh, Fizzban! Any, any Is that lore, what I'm doing? Should I keep yeah, doing that? Yeah, you can keep doing okay. it. I like it because I love Fizzbands, so it works for me. <laughs> um, Obsidian Dragons are from the previous lore, and they're basically the dejected gem dragon. Okay. They're no longer gem dragons. Um 
I don't know if they exist anymore. I don't know if we're going to get any more of that. But the little that's written about them is this. Subsidian dragons, while the most intelligent of gen dragons, are also the most vicious. They're extremely howdy, anger easily, and like to toy with prey before finishing it off. And at some point in their history, they betrayed Sardior so badly that he devoured his obsidian thane and then banished the obsidian dragons from the gem dragon subcategory. It sounds like they both did something sus. Maybe, like, yeah, absolutely. Because he was like, like, he straight up was like, scratch that. Yes, don't, exactly. Don't write that part down. And now down. no one will know about it. Yeah. yeah. And then I didn't write anything down about moonstone dragons, but they are a new type of dragon. I don't remember reading about them from previous editions, but I haven't really researched it yet. Um, and they are tied to the fate. They're not actually a gem dragon of any kind. They are named after a gemstone. Um, they are really graceful and elegant looking with like a crescent moon type horn thing on their on their head. Yeah. And um, you know, I think there's stuff about it in um, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Moonlight Dragons on another episode. Mm-hmm. But um, that being said, do you have any questions about gem dragons, Brian? I mean, this has been a really cool, like like kind of a throwback feel episode. Yeah. Because I remember exactly. doing the part one and part two and they were great. And then kind of like Giants was like the same thing. And uh, they're fun episodes, so it's fun to like get back into this style of episode. Like, let's break open this like tall can of dragons. Dude. Yeah, we haven't had this flavor before. It's kind of cool to do a broader topic than the specifics because it's like we can cover more in a way. Right. It's a good. It's a good introduction. We'll get into, like you said, we'll get into like the specifics of these dragons anyway. I really like the parallels between other dragons and these. Yeah. It's um, it, you know, they're all dragons, right? They're all dragons. They all have their. They all have their niche, but they're all still dragons, and they, they according to this, it, it feels like they kept that feel intact. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. Yeah, good they, work. They definitely. Um, Hey, Wizards, we should give you some shit sometimes, but good job. Good job, Wizards. Fizban. Yeah, no, like, uh, the entire this entire time up until this point, we had Metallic and Chromatic. It was kind of a dichotomy. And when they came to introduce this third kind of sect, um, the worry would be, like, how are we going to make it fit? Well, mm-hmm. they made it fit. It all feels very complete together, the three of them. So, and we got new yeah. lore. And we got new this lore. This is good. Yeah. Everyone's really stoked about this book, and it's for good reason. So. Indeed. Good times. Well, I think we can get ready for a long rest. We should. Hey, everybody, welcome to the long rest. <laughs> um, you want to build a beholder right now? Yeah, let's do You want to build a beholder right now? We're building the final beholder. Let's build a beholder right now. How many features do we got left on this thing? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know either. I think, no, no, I think I do know. I think this is feature uh, and I-beam number seven. Because I think we settled it was six last last time we recorded. Are we really that deep? I think we're that deep. I think oh, we're finishing the year's it almost today. over. I think we're finishing it today. It's November By now. By today, I mean over the next three episodes. You guys will get the final thing in like three weeks. But anyways. Yes. Um, yeah. So wh- which uh, which thing do you want to talk about? Um, let's talk about it's It currently has green skin. It does currently have green skin. Why don't we crystallize it like a gem dragon and uh, give it that emerald skin? I think so. Okay. Um, and we'll just stab it a bunch of times, put the little emerald plates on it, you know, into the skin it already has, just like a dragon. That That's how dragons good. are made. Sure, absolutely. Bahamut uh, hand tailors each scale onto the skin of each dragon. It's horrifying. Yeah, um, it's really bad. Do you want to tell the audience lot. the new eye, eye beam, eye ray? Yes. Um, I wanted it to be a mouth, but we negotiated it's going to remain an eye. But... <laughs> This beholder is going to use its psychic abilities to make the eye muscles slap together and produce a, thunder, a <laughs> thunderous sound. It blinks sounds. really fast. <laughs> it blinks so it hard. Blinks so hard. With psychic it power. It pulsing thunder out this of This one's got off. big eyelashes on it. Really big. Not as big as the one we put on cruel eyes, oh, but um, on just that that particular stem of eyes. I'm pretty sure, is this the buff arms one or is that Grick? 
Rick the Grick Rancher. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Rick the Grick Rancher. He had buff arm. He had buff yeah. tentacles. Yeah. Which yeah. oh man, they're phallic. Yeah. Um, great job, Hubble Man. <laughs> they are. They're they're phallic. so phallic. But thank you very much, the Hubble Man. You did a great job. Absolutely. We should start. Um, Actually, like showing if Hobble Man's cool with it, showing the current image. Oh yeah, that's not point. that's if not you, a bad. If you can do idea. that, Hobble Man gives the go ahead. Like we should definitely with your do permission, that. the Hobble Man. Yeah. But if you don't want us to, we won't. Because you can go see him in the Discord or on our Twitter. Indeed. Um, and for those people that don't know, we just kind of jump into this, but we are building a beholder every episode that is not a beholder episode on this year of the beholder and so far we've built a lot of beholders we got three we're building one last one before the end of the year if you want to behold them and yeah it's like a mini beholder right we're gonna do like a gazer i think at the end of the year we're doing a gazer. we have to like fill it in with like a pseudo beholder like yeah. a kin yeah um to make it like a clean cut mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um yeah because i don't want to just like stop because like we're out of 10 yeah, sure we we'll don't do, have 10 we'll episodes do, left we'll do a gazer I'm, I'm into it um yeah or like a goth is that the one no gazer is the one with four it's got it's four. a little mini guy. But I thought there was a bigger one with less also. There's a goth with six, but we won't have enough episodes. To okay, do it. the gazer it is. We yeah. make a very special gazer. Um, hey, let's shout out some very special people. Indeed, let's do it. Hey, Patreon people, this is your time. If you came in in like October, pretty much, or like the first week after thereof, the start of, I said a bunch of words. Anyway, here are our new patrons, guys Steve Dillon. Thank you, Steve. I'm sorry. Steven. Dylan. Thank you, Steven. Thanks, Steven. Hamilton Otto. Thank Otto? 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 Thank you, Hamilton. Logan Weeder. There's Logan Weeder again. Thank you, Logan. Thanks, Logan. Uh, Daniel Pauliello. I can't help Pauliello. you. Pauliello. P-A-O-L-I-E-L-L-O. It's alive. Thank you, Daniel. You remember the old Jello commercials? No. They're like J E L O O. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't watch TV much as a kid either. It would apparently. jiggle. We're gonna look that up. Okay, cool. Oh, I have memes to show you. you Damn do. it! I've been you saving do. memes on my phone. Will doesn't believe in Instagram. I don't think. <laughs> I don't it's believe something in like memes. that. <laughs> no, you believe in memes. That's true. No, I just don't have social media. Stop hassling me about it. <laughs> I know it's okay. I that's why I'm saving memes. Thank you. I appreciate it. I made a TikTok, guys. I put it in the Discord. You can cool. find a lot of the stuff we do in the Discord. Um, Robert Reed. Robert Reed. Thank you, Robert. Robert Red. Pretty sure it's, it could be Robert Red. I read the name of Robert Reed. <laughs> I appreciate sure Or it's Robert weird. Red. Thank you, Robert. Indeed. Thank you, Dark Rabbit. <laughs> Thank you, Dark Rabbit. Thank you. Uh, the Last Mile. Back at it again. Damn. Thank God damn. Thank you, the last mile. Thank you again. How, how, how high are you going to raise this bar, my man? Hey. Hey, we Thanks. love you, the last mile. Thanks. We dude. love you. Hey, Thank that's. You. Hey, I'll do this again. <laughs> I will <laughs> make it happen. It you and Logan are like, like you're you're on a different wavelength and the same wavelength at the same time. I think it's so true. You um, guys rule. Thank you guys. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. It uh, absolutely helps us keep the lights on. And uh, keep the production value up. We, yeah, we check out our YouTube channel. We've been dumping funds. Yeah, we've been making the show a lot better. Um, and it's all thanks to you guys. So if you guys like the show and want to help support us in like a real, like uh, literal, in-the-moment way, uh, there's pretty much no better way to do it than on Patreon. Yeah. Um, and like listening to our shit, obviously. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. It's pretty fucking cool when people listen to the show. Uh, thanks for the five-star iTunes reviews. Um, I remember, oh, yeah, I want to talk about this. We are this close, ladies and gentlemen, to a thousand iTunes reviews. Oh wow! No a way! Thousand five star iTunes. We we just need thirty more. So if you're listening to this 
and you've been thinking about it, but you haven't done it, get on there and do it. Let's break a thousand. We could do this. Pull over <laughs> and leave us an, a five-star iTunes review. Don't do it while you're driving. That's a little dangerous yeah, because you're definitely. gonna want to. You're gonna have to yeah. type something. Yeah, they're gonna make you do it. Yeah, tell us that. Uh, it can just be a thumbs up. Tell us that you're <laughs> that we're good at podcasts. I guess. Yeah, if you think so. These guys are good. At, like these guys are good at podcasts. Then we'll know you listen to this episode and that you're into it. That's true. Yeah, especially like those of you back here. If you're making it back to this part of the episode. We love you. We love you. And also, like, you love us. Duh. That's why you're here. So do the iTunes review. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have. Sorry to, to, like, keep harping on it for everyone that has. We really appreciate the people that have. They're a joy to read. Indeed, um, they are. They're really good. We love positive feedback here because, um, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, it makes me feel like I did a thing because I did. I did do a thing, and you did a thing, and we do it every week. So it's cool when you guys are like, hey, cool thing. I think we could call it a game. <laughs> no, we got a, no, we got we a couple got, cons. Oh, they, hey, oh, we've been Adventurers Coffee, coffee, coffee Company. Coffee. Thanks to those guys a lot. Um, we should probably like drop them like a little top of the episode, little hat tipper. Sure. Probably pretty soon cool. here. But Sounds like, good. thanks guys. When you buy Adventurers Coffee Company, uh, we get a little bit of the kickback from that when you type in like a code word Dungeon Cast. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were like, hey, you want to give away some coffee? And we were like, fuck yeah, we do. Uh, Thank you. To people. So thanks guys for like supplying. Uh, to, to supplying those beans, those good beans. Uh, and congratulations to contest winners from Instagram, Andrew P. Thank you, Andrew. Omar. Thank you, Omar. And Rachel Jean. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel Jean. Hope you guys are enjoying your Adventures Company coffee. Uh, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram and let us know how much uh, how much you guys enjoyed the coffee. Let us know how much you're enjoying the smell of that roasted blend, <laughs> my guys. Uh, and also we got some dice. We got some dice from uh, yeah. Do you remember you picked oh, some out? Oh yeah, from D Twenty Collective. Yeah, D Twenty yes, Collective. We're working on a collaboration with them, probably coming in December. Yeah, we'll let you guys know more about that when we have deeper talks with them. Yeah, so thanks, thanks for them. Yeah, thanks thank to you, them. Who well, I had been following on Instagram for a long time, and I was like, oh shit, they've reached out. Yes. Uh, cool. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks. Let's call it a game now. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.